0: Now, if you've been following along the last few weeks, we've been in 1 Thessalonians, and today we come to a section, verse 13 through 18, that I believe is incredibly powerful and is something that if we can truly grasp in our heart, it changes what life looks like. It truly changes what death looks like. It changes where my future is going because it's not about my temporary happiness, my temporary feelings, but it's about, Lord, you are going to do something just amazing, and I get to walk towards that every day. And my Bible, the heading of verse 13 says, the coming of the Lord. Now, just a, a quick thing. Those, if you did not know, those are not inspired. The verses, the chapters, those were added in to help us. Uh, so, uh, if you're like me, if all of this was just one big block of text, which would have been how it was originally, that would be difficult. And it would also be hard to tell you where to go. But thankfully, there were editors that put in verses and put in those things. Uh, But the coming of the Lord, I think, sums it up. In my life, something that I've just always looked forward to, I pray you too. uh, If you've come to know the Lord, and if not, today would be a great day where you start looking forward to the coming of the Lord. And as a young person, I always said, I obviously want to live a long life. But if the Lord wants me to live a short life, or if that's how it be, I'm cool with that, because I'm going to go to heaven and be with Jesus. Now, in this moment, my wife, we have five kids. Uh, I've said this often, but if I died in this moment, she would not be very pleased, I don't believe. And I've actually said before, she would, uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, raise me back from the grave and then kill me for dying. Like, She's like, you got me into this. You can't get out that easy, right? But th- when we think about death as a Christian, it is completely countercultural. Because it is not something for the one who dies that is a sad experience in their life. In fact, there's nothing better for a Christian than in the moment, obviously, God's timing for us, but where all of a sudden we're with Jesus. Like, that is the best it can be because there's no more tears, death, sorrow, sin, none of that stuff will be anymore. And I am thankful that we get to look forward to what God is doing, that what's going to happen. Which also helps me as we've gone through First Thessalonians, when there's trials, when there's issues, when there's problems. It looks a little different because it's not about the here and now and this moment and where I am right now. But it's about what God is going to do, who he is, about my future. It's about the blessed hope of Jesus coming back. And I pray that we get a little bit excited in the church when we start talking about him coming. And even looking forward to heaven, which means heaven's going to come after we're off of this earth. So that means even, hey, Lord, your timing, I'm good with. Whenever it is, I'm going to go be with you. Which also means I don't have to worry. Which means if something terrible, a a trial, uh, you know, cancer, that's obviously a a terrible, we don't want to hear those words. But Lord, I'm going to trust you because worst case scenario is also my best case scenario, which is I'm in heaven. I'm face to face with you. So this morning we're going to look at the word, but specifically... When it comes to uh, those who have gone before us, and maybe there's some people, in fact I know there's some people in the room that lost children, maybe at a young age. Maybe it's been recent, or maybe it's been years and years ago. Uh, maybe you, you're a parent who it wasn't a, a small child, but you've lost a child later in life, and you're like, I, that's not how it's supposed to work. There's, I'm, I'm supposed to go first, right? Like, that's not the right order. Maybe you've seen uh, Christian brothers or sisters that even through the last year and a half, maybe somebody that's close to you that has passed away from something like COVID or from whatever disease it might be or something that just sprang up or maybe even a tragic moment like a car accident or whatever it could be. And what our response is supposed to be, I think, is so important to pre-prepare our hearts for, Lord, I'm going to have the right, uh, you could say, theology of what death looks like when we know the Lord. And specific here to this church, they want to know, we know there's a resurrection, we know you're coming back again, but what about those who have gone before? So we're going to look at 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, and see what Paul would share with us today that we can can make active in our life. But it says, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as, as others do who have no hope. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. When I read this once again, to me it's exciting. Someday, who knows, it could be in our lifetime. How cool would it be to see Jesus come back? Whatever the the experience would be like. We know there's going to be a loud introduction of Jesus, the King of Kings, the creator of the universe. There's going to be a moment where all of a sudden those who have gone before are going to be uh, present, they're going to come before, and we're going to be able to follow. Whether we're one of those that have gone before, or whether we are, maybe we have that honor to be able to go with the Lord from living to being with with Jesus. What an incredible moment of time that would be. And what an incredible portion of scripture that today we're just going to unpack a little bit. See what God might speak to us. And I pray that if today you personally are struggling with the passing of someone else. It doesn't matter if it was last week or if it was 40 years ago. Maybe it's still something that is is difficult for you. I pray that today God would speak. And if there's any tweaks in our theology or thoughts of, of what that looks like, I pray that you will leave with a new understanding, a clarity, uh, to be able to, to still love and to honor that person, obviously, but also to know, Lord, you are so good. You are so good, no matter what has taken place. Verse 13 jumps right in. And today I think we see that those who have gone before are only sleeping. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but right there at the beginning of that verse, we do not want you to be uninformed. Uh, another word I think that might fit there really, really well, some commentaries, is ignorant. Paul does not want us to be ignorant. He doesn't want us to just be floating around, not, not knowing what is going to happen in the future. And in fact, he's about as direct as he could possibly be through this whole passage of Scripture. Not using a lot of imagery or things that, that make it, Muddy, or muddy the water. He just tells it how it is. Four times Paul uses that uninformed or ignorant, ignorant. Don't be ignorant. In Romans 11, talking about God's plan for Israel. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, talking about spiritual gifts. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, talking about trials in the Christian life. And here, the rapture and second coming of Jesus. These are pretty important things we're a Pentecostal church. 1 first, first Corinthians chapter 12. We, we believe. We don't want to be ignorant. Lord, help us learn and grow, right? This is another one of those places where if I can understand what God is doing, it makes all the difference in the world. When Paul launched this church, began and made it happen, was only with them for a, a few short weeks, he must have pushed this soon return of Jesus Because here he is answering the question uh, of what about those who have gone before? What about those that that are already in a place of sleep? What about those? Are they going to be able to experience this resurrection in the same way? And I think this is a question once again that we today would have the same question. What about death? What about resurrection? What about Jesus returning? In our culture it looks very different. Uh, in their culture, in fact, it also looked very different. Some quotes that I could find for, from some different people in their day the, uh, those who were uh, great scholars or had great wisdom that each one talked about that there was only one life, and once you were dead, you were dead. Everyone, it was a very pessimistic view of life. These people, obviously, not followers of Jesus. They missed the point of what God was was doing. And today I pray that that's what we overcome, that we don't miss what God is doing, but instead we let God speak and move and rest in us. Now you may have noticed here in this first verse, in verse 13, that it talks about those who have gone before being asleep. Oftentimes in the New Testament, in the early church, death was mentioned of as being asleep. Or the idea of rest. Why is this important? Because the early Christians began to call their burial places cemeteries. Which means dormitories. Or sleeping places. Right? There's, there's this thing of not being dead. In fact, today, we could get rid of that word for a Christian. There's not death. There, there's not death, but there's a transfer of, of where you are. Of where you are living. There's a transfer, and I love that thought of what a cemetery cemetery actually is, or a sleeping place, or a dormitory. It's like, just hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Right? But in the Bible, that sleeping uh, word is not used to describe those that are unbelievers. Because for those that don't come to know the Lord, the Bible would make pretty clear that there's not rest. There's not peace. It's not a, a positive moment. For the Christian, death is moving, not dying. Right? For for the Christian, it's not this end of the road, but it's the beginning of the life with Jesus that we always want, that we're going for. The reason we come to church, the reason we believe and worship is because we get a taste a little bit of what will be one day, what is going to happen and what is going to come. For the Christian, death is gone, replaced by a joyful transfer to heaven. And I pray that we can understand that. And maybe someone in your life has gone before you. Maybe a a child. And you know what the greatest thing is about children? They're at a place where... Whether it was in your womb as a small child... You know, up to 10, 12... They're going to be with Jesus. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to be afraid of what the situation is. But we can know that one day... We are going to get to experience heaven. And they are going to be populating our world. And in fact... We are obviously a very, very, uh, we're against abortion, right? I mean, that is not God's plan. And you know what's amazing? That even in being against abortion, all of these kids, one day, they're going to be in heaven. These kids, uh, it's about what we do and who we are, but they're going to be in heaven. Their life is instantly from here in a belly to being with God. And all of a sudden, I can grieve and I can worry and I can pray and I can fight for things to be done in a biblical way. And I can also celebrate that someday there's going to be even millions of babies that were maybe aborted or that just there were miscarriages and all of the things that weren't even known of that they're going to be in heaven with Jesus. And it's going to be a fun, I think it's going to be a fun day, a fun day to experience heaven with so many because for the Christian, death isn't gone. But it's a new a, a transfer to heaven. Only sleeping. The next thing we see is that it's fully sh- assured. In verse 14 it goes on. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so through Jesus. God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. He doesn't beat around the bush. He says it will happen. That those who have, are dead and gone are going to come back. And God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. I find it interesting in this verse that for Jesus, Paul did not soften the blow. He didn't use sleep. He used death. Because for Jesus, that was a painful experience and moments, but one that came back to life. So he was not at that rest uh, like we are going to be. Right? Come on, Jesus, he died for us. He rose again from the grave and he defeated death, hell, and the grave. Something that is so powerful and so real and for us because of what he did because of his death and resurrection we can be assured that those that have gone before that us if we if we die before the rapture and if we go with him we are going to go be with heaven or in heaven with Jesus for all eternity there's nothing better than knowing that we are fully assured we have a blessed hope when a sinner dies we mourn for them when a Christian dies, we mourn for ourselves because of the hole or the, the, the spot in our heart, right? It, it, it could be a celebration of life. A Christian a funeral should be a celebration of life, but also one where we understand that this hurts. This is not fun. This, isn't, this is one of those trials that, that is mentioned that we don't want to be ignorant in. We, don't want to, but we want to walk through those trials, but we also can understand that for a loved one or a friend or a child or a parent, whatever it would be, that there's pain in that. But we can be fully assured that God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Those who are in the family of God. We're fully assured as we have the blessed hope. We have Jesus. And this morning I just want to take a moment because so often people that might die around us don't know Jesus. And what is our response? What does that look like? Because that means it's all entirely different. And I want to encourage you this morning that what has been, what, what has been in the past. Number one, I always say, you never know. God may have spoke and they may have come to know the Lord. And I think we're going to have some surprises when we get to heaven. And I pray, right? I pray that people in their last moments get it. And biblically, all they have to do is get it before they die. And God could have done a miracle in their heart that sees them in heaven, right? Thinking of of the thief on the cross, who he was not the kind of guy that you want to have uh, roam heaven if you want to think that way. Except for Jesus and his grace and his love that right at the end took him and cleaned him and washed him and made him new. And we don't know other people in the end of their life. We don't know their heart. We don't know. So that could be a case. For those that have died and that's not the case, I want to encourage you today that we grieve differently. It hurts differently because we know or we think, you know, we're pretty sure that we're not going to see them unless God did a miracle right in their life at the end. And I want to encourage you today to let that push you and drive you to see one more person come to know the Lord. I want to to encourage you not to let that be crippling... ...but let that be something you say... ...I don't want another family member of mine to die without knowing Jesus. And it's their choice. It's what they get to decide. But when we give everything... ...our mission of Radiant Life Church is to see one more person come to know Jesus. And I want to encourage you. Make it your personal mission. Your prayer mission. Your outreach mission to see your family come to know Jesus. To see your friends come to know Jesus... To see your enemy come to know Jesus. Because I want every person that passes away on this earth to be with us in heaven. To be around his throne. So let's let's let that drive us to Lord not one more person. Not one more person is going to die without knowing at least the whole story. Understanding who you are. And I encourage you pray. Intercede. Go after them with the word of God in a, a spirit led way. And let's do all we can to populate heaven, to see the kingdom of God grow here on earth and in eternity. Only sleeping, fully assured, are those who are Christ's followers. And then we see that there's only advantages. Verse 15 and 16 go on. For this we declare to you by word from the Lord that we who are alive. Now, let me just real, real quick stop. You can't get any more clear. Paul tells them by word from the Lord. It is as direct as it could be, talking about the inspiration that from God this word has come. This isn't necessarily what he normally talks or how he normally says it. He lays it out. Don't miss this, is what he's saying. That we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Church, there is something about it. There's only advantages when we know the Lord, when we walk in the Lord, when we experience the Lord. There's only advantage for now and for all eternity. He's with us. The kingdom of God is with you when you say yes to Jesus. There's nothing better There's nothing better than knowing him personally, than experiencing him and walking in the God of the universe. We're not alone. We're not by ourselves. You today, no matter what you feel, no matter what's going on in your world, if you are trusting Jesus, you are not alone. Your future is secure and there's only advantages when we walk in the grace and the power of our God. God, he is with you. He loves you. He's got you. He's going to come personally. The Lord himself, it says, will descend and come with a shout. This Greek word for the shout here is the same word used for the commands that a ship captain makes to his rowers. Or a command speaking to his soldiers. There's a, an urgency, uh, or there, there's a voice of urgency in that. I love the old time movies. Uh, I, I don't know if I've seen one recently, but where they're rowing together. And that person who's yelling out the commands. And it's all in unison right? Normally in those things, those guys that are underneath rowing those big boats, they do that a lot. They're making it happen. So they're like, they're ready to roll. They've got muscles I didn't even know were possible. And I think there's something about understanding, Lord, would you let me be so full of your word, so full of, let's say, spiritual muscles, that you start speaking, you start letting it be, that someday when you come back, we are ready to go. You're going to shout out this command. You're going to do this, the trump of God. And we are going to be with you forever. Church, it doesn't get any better. It doesn't get any better than realizing that we're going to to make it. We're going to be there. And make it is not about an earthly thing on this planet, but it's about our eternal uh, faithfulness of our God who will welcome us in. There are only advantages. God's going to do it. We are confident that his promise is true. In fact, Charles Spurgeon said this, The bones be scattered, or though bones be scattered to the four winds of heaven, yet at the call of the Lord God, they shall come together again, bone to his bone. We doubt not that God will guard the dust of the precious sons and daughters of Zion. And today, whatever that looks like, whatever the the, the bones are scattered, God's going to come. He's going to bring it back together. And we're going to one day be together with the Lord. And it is going to be a glorious day. The Lord is coming back with those and for those who have relationship with him. Jesus is coming. That's what it all boils down to. Jesus is coming. Verse 17. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. If I can encourage anybody in this place, or somebody in this place, that verse, that's what it's all about. We who are alive and left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord in a difficult day in a difficult season, in a time when we don't, we don't know, we don't have the answers, we feel like the trials are big enough. I want to encourage you. That verse to me is as good as it gets. I'm going to remain faithful. I'm going to remain true. And one day we're going to be in heaven with Jesus. We're going to be there together. Whether we passed away before a rapture of the church, a, a coming back of Jesus, or whether we get to be a part of it on that glorious day. We're going to be together with ...the Lord. And it is going to be a special, special moment. In fact, today the the biggest question that I have... ...for the people in this room... ...are, is Jesus, is He everything in your life? Have you given Him control? Have you made Him the Lord of your life? Have we repented of our sin? On Friday night we had our Foundations Life Group... ...and groups all over the Columbus, Ohio area... And we were talking about sin and repentance and sanctification. We were talking about it. Have we decided, everyone individually, not as a church. As a church, we've decided we're going to be all in with the word. But individually, have you decided that tomorrow you want to look more like Jesus? That sanctification, looking more and more and more and more like him. Basically, the grace he's already poured out upon us. Or the word, the truth of the word. We want to come under or in line with him every day have you decided that the word of God will be the center of everything in your life because one day Jesus is coming and one day there's going to be a divide and I pray that nobody that would hear this message that no one that could come to Radiant Life Church would leave without saying Lord I give you everything I give you all of me I come in line with you because Lord you are coming And I'm going to be ready starting this moment, starting this day, that no matter what happens in my life, number one, I can trust you because I have a relationship with you. And number two, I'm ready. At whatever moment, I'm going to live my life to tell one more person about Jesus. But when that day comes, people are no longer going to have to mourn for me because I'm going to be in heaven. I'm going to join that great host. I am going to be a part of what God is doing. He's coming, church. And we will continue to be with Him forever. We're going to be with Him, church. There's nothing better than this hope that we have. This hope shall always be with the Lord. There's some implications that as we close out today, I just want to talk about for a moment. It implies continuation This this hope of walking with the Lord because it assumes you are already with him, right? If you step into relationship, you get to continue in relationship, continue in the hope that the Lord has for you. It implies hope for the dying because in death we shall still be with the Lord. It changes my mindset. It changes what I worry about. It changes my anxiety because I understand that even in death I am with the Lord. It implies future confidence because after death, church, nothing's changed. We're still with the Lord. And it implies advancement because we will one day always be with the Lord. My prayer today is that we, as Radiant Life Church, that you as an individual, that you give every part of your life to Jesus. That we walk in full confidence because we have relationship. With that communion that we took earlier. It's not once a month on the fourth Sunday of the month at Radiant Life Church. But that we commune with the Lord. Day in and day out. That we let him speak to us. Situation. Every day when things come our way. Whether it be that we're just driving our car. Let him give me wisdom. To know how to drive. To know what to do. Right? Let him give me wisdom. When I'm in a, relation, or a conversation with somebody. Let him give me wisdom. Because he's with me. Because he's with you. Church, do we give him all of who we are? Verse 18 just closes it down. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. This should be something that we talk about, that we celebrate. That he's coming back. He's coming back. And those that have gone before you, that knew the Lord, you are going to be reunited. We're going to be in a great cloud of witnesses. We're going to be able to proclaim the goodness of God for all eternity. Today, when you walk with Jesus, even in death, it's only sleeping. Because there's full assurance and only advantages that Jesus is coming back. So we can overflow in encouragement. Notice he did not tell them to take comfort. But he said to give comfort. The way God works is we always receive comfort when we give it. And I want to encourage you today, church. Could we leave this place and give comfort to one another? Maybe you see somebody around. Would you give comfort? And maybe you need to experience some comfort in your life. As you pour out the comfort of God, the encouragement of God, and build up one another, you will experience the power of God in your life. As we know, Jesus is coming back. So overflow with encouragement as you look forward to the return of Jesus and uniting with those who have gone before. Before we leave today, I just want to give an opportunity that if you're here and you say, I've never given full control of my life to this Jesus. I've never asked him to be the Lord of my life. I want to encourage you. This is the best time to say, Lord, I need you. I believe this word of you coming back, it rings true and I want to I repent of my sins. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Today, all that you have to do is say a little simple prayer but profound in the heart that you give him the lordship you place him in the top of your life repent of your sins and he welcomes you in and you have the blessed hope that we just spoke about and you get to proclaim that hope to others i want to encourage you that if you've never done that you've never given your life to jesus or maybe you're just simply walking far away from the lord and you You might have been around church for your whole life, but you have not been living it out. And you'd say, today I want to give it all. I want to pour every part of who I am out. I want to ask the Lord to be my God, my King, my Savior. Come on, church, there's nothing better. All you have to do is ask Him to become the Lord of your life. Repent. He will save you. He will make you whole. He will make you well in who He is. And the blessed hope becomes yours, the full assurance of your salvation. Could we just stand to our feet this morning? Could we stand up? I want to pray for you. I want to encourage you. And if today you'd say, you know what, there's something, there's there's a, a loss that has been in my life for a day or for 20 years, for 40 years, whatever it might be. And you'd say, I want God To speak to me. I want him to pour himself out in my life. I want him to give me these these assurances. And let me walk in that. Not that I'm going to stop remembering. By any means. Not that I'm not going to grieve. But that I'm going to grieve in a way of looking forward to who he is. So maybe someone that's gone before you that knows the Lord. Maybe you're on the other side. And you grieve because you know or you think that a person that went before you. They didn't have relationship with Jesus. Then I want to encourage you to turn that and turn the the desire for what God has for you to see nobody else around you be able to pass away without hearing and seeing you walk out the message of the gospel. And we're going to leave today encouraged as we look forward to that blessed hope. So this morning, Lord, we thank you. I thank you for this church. I thank you for a group of people, Lord, that love you and want to see you move on this earth. And Lord, I pray for those that today there might be a hurt, there might be a pain because of loss, Lord Jesus, that we grieve because of somebody that has gone before us. Lord, I pray today that you would help us in our grieving, Lord Jesus, to be able to celebrate those that have gone before, that were Christians, that, that were followers of you. Lord, let us be able to celebrate with them, and even in our grieving, God, Lord, I pray that it would be a celebration because they are in heaven. And one day, God, we are going to be able to join. One day, we are going to be a part of that. Lord, and we can't wait. But until then, let us walk out your kingdom here on earth. Lord, for those that are grieving because of lost loved ones, maybe many years ago, family members or friends that we don't know that they knew you, Lord, I pray today, Lord, that we wouldn't wouldn't have regrets about the past, but instead, Lord, that you would let that drive us, Lord, just on a daily basis. To share you with one more person. To see one more person come to know you, Jesus. Because that is what it is all about. And Lord, heal hearts. Heal, heal, heal minds today. Lord, to be full in you. As Lord, we look forward to the blessed hope. And Lord, we would ask. Lord, I, I think a biblical thing. We would ask. Lord, come quickly. Lord, we need you. And help us to walk in you. And to share you with our world. Lord, you are so good. You are so good. We praise you, we glorify you, and we lift you up, Jesus. Move in our lives. We thank you. We praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand? Because he's going to come back one day. Come on. Come on. Before we cut you loose this morning, I just want to say thank you for being here. Talk about the goodness of God, what he's doing. We love each of you. And pray that you have a blessed week. Looking forward to what God has. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Have a good one.